Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. Do you know what annoys me? What annoys me is people having strong negative feelings about American English versus British English. I mean, I say it annoys me, but the more I think about it, I just find it funny. It's funny to think that someone would feel so strongly about the evolution of a language. You know, I used to be the kind of person who didn't like change. I used to apply the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, to everything. Meaning, if something is working well, you don't need to change it. Then, the older I got, the more I realized that that's not how the world works. Change is constant. Languages have been growing and changing since the beginning of time. What I want to get into will make this episode a little, I don't know, maybe more advanced. Before the future episodes of this podcast get easier and lighter, I want to touch on some fundamental facts and history. I want you to have a basic understanding of why you may hear English spoken a certain way, Or here's some interesting facts about the way this language is changing. What English is today is not what it was a hundred years ago, and it's not what it will be 100 years from now. English is spoken in many countries, and it is either the primary or the official language of at least 60 countries. Fun fact... English is actually not the official language of the United States, Australia, or the United Kingdom. An official language in these territories has never been set. But what I'm trying to say is that all these different countries speak the language differently. They have different dialects, accents, and sometimes different words or meanings of the same words, and, of course, pronunciation. And even though most, if not all of these English versions spun off from British English, even British English evolved from something else. To give you a very, very brief history, Old English originated around the 5th century from the West Germanic tribes, And it was spoken from about the year 450 to 1100 AD. Then we have Middle English from 1100 to 1500, where we see a major French influence. For those interested in literature, this is Geoffrey Chaucer's English. Chaucer has been called the father of English literature. Then... We move on to early modern English between the years 1500 and 1800. This is Shakespeare's English. During this time, 
we see the Brits have more influence on different countries around the world, printing growing rapidly, and reading becoming more common. There is also what's called the Great Vowel Shift happening at this time, which is really a major change to the pronunciation of most words. Words like weef change to wife, and hoose change to house. The vowels are longer, which means they changed from being similar to those of other European languages to something that makes learning the language now a little tricky. Finally, we move on to today's English, or late modern English. At this time, we see the full formation of American English. In 1828, Noah Webster publishes the first American dictionary of the English language and takes it upon himself to make some changes, like the spelling of the word color without a U, and then he adds new words, such as skunk. Today, technology influences the changes in our language. But if you think about it, we may already be in a totally new phase or stage of English today. But sometimes we don't know which phase or revolution we're in until we're coming out of it. Okay, that's it for the history part. And now we'll stay in the present. Polish, of course, has had its own changes throughout the years. Forget about centuries ago. I think Polish has changed a lot in the past 25 years. Every time I visit Poland, I feel like my peers have introduced new slang terms and I am totally lost in their meaning. For example, I think the first time I went back to Poland, about six years after we moved, everyone kept using the word masakra more than ever. Or the last time I went back, pretty recently, everyone described everything with the word mega. This is just a natural progression in speech. Many English words have found their way into Polish. Words like fitness, weekend, reality show, leader, computer, and many, many, many more. This type of borrowing has been going on for a long, long time in most languages. Okay, now that we've established the legitimacy of American English, let's discuss ways in which it is different from British. Naturally, the difference in accents is obvious. In my opinion, the American accent is so much easier. More relaxed, for sure. Easier to follow and understand. Plus, it's just more casual. The British accent sounds more sophisticated and formal, and to me, it seems more difficult to learn. Let's talk about some major examples of differences in speech between the two. Starting with vowels, when I'm unable to do something, in British English, I would say can't. 
versus an American, I would say can't. Then British has a silent R where American doesn't. So for words like park in British, I would say park in American, or where is where in American. Next, we have the t t sound. So in British English, we drink water, and in American, we drink water. Or in British, got it becomes got it in American. Moving on, let's touch on a couple of examples of differences in word stress. Sometimes Brits and Americans stress the opposite ends of a word. One will put the stress on the first syllable and one on the last. What's in my coffee in British English is caffeine and caffeine in American. Or the end of the week in British English is weekend, while in American it's weekend. Lastly, we have some words that have different meanings in different contexts. For example, I know someone has been learning British English when they tell me that they went on holiday. In American English, the only time we use the word holiday is to mean celebrations such as Christmas, Easter, or Thanksgiving. When we take off from work to go to the beach for a week, we are going on vacation. Separately, we Americans put gas in our car while Europeans put petrol in their car. So I may say, I have to stop by the gas station and fill up my tank. But do you know when Brits and Americans pronounce things the same way? When they sing. I'm not even sure they know they're doing it, but songs just sound better and are probably easier to sing with an accent that's closer to American. The rhythm and the longer vowels call for that change. Plus, I'm sure there is a lot of American influence there too. For example, Adele does it in her song "Someone Like You." She starts it off with, "I heard that you're settled down and not settled down." Harry Styles does it in his song "Watermelon Sugar." He starts the song with. Tastes like strawberries, not strawberries. Then he goes on to say, "Watermelon sugar high, not watermelon sugar." Most British artists do this. I only recently found out that Dua Lipa is British when I heard her speak in an interview. Until now, I thought she's American, judging. Just by her music, so these are just the basic speech or accent differences. You don't have to remember any of what I just said. It's easier to hear these differences once you've mastered one version of English. Otherwise, they may be difficult to catch. Sometimes on social media, 
I get asked why I pronounce words differently than what is taught in Polish schools, and so this is the answer to that in long form. Americans and Brits like to poke fun at each other's accents or funny-sounding words. But we do it playfully and not seriously, sort of like sibling rivalry. We accept that every nation has its own way of doing things, and we just accept that we're different. Neither one is wrong or right. It also doesn't really matter which English you learn, since there's still the same language. I've been to London, and I didn't have any problems with people understanding me or vice versa. Here I have two quotes that illustrate this point very well. The Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw once said, Britain and America are two nations divided by a common language. Now, that's a funny one. Then we have Oscar Wilde, and in his short story called The Canterville Ghost, he writes... We have really everything in common with America nowadays, except, of course, language. <laughs> to add to the mix, not only do we have many different English accents in different countries, but each region of each country also has its own dialects. Dialects have their own pronunciation, grammar, vocabulary, and common expressions, so it's a specific form of a language. There are probably around 60-65 English dialects between the US and UK alone. Well, for now. As I said before, languages are constantly changing. I'm not familiar with the way people speak in the UK, but in the US, I can tell if a person is from Boston, New York, or the Midwest just by hearing them pronounce the word coffee. Hearing someone address a group of people as you guys or y'all will tell me whether that person lives in the South or not. Also in the South, People tend to be more polite, so you will hear yes ma'am or no sir a lot more than on the east or west coast. There is one dialect that Polish people may not be aware of, but definitely see it or hear it in pop culture and social media. This dialect is called African American Vernacular English, AVE or Black English. What are some examples of this? One is a remote present perfect maker. He been working, for he has been working. Or a double negative, like ain't nobody got time for that, for no one has time for that. So I just want you to be aware that that exists and is used often. I feel like I said a lot today. The funny thing is, if you listen to this episode a year from now, it may already be out of date. This goes back to the fact that change is constant. Did you know that a few hundred new words are added to the American dictionary every year? 
Merriam-Webster added 370 new words to the dictionary in September 2022. Curious to know what some of them are? I have a short list here. But before I go to the list, you may be wondering how does Merriam-Webster decide on which new words should be included? According to its website, the dictionary states, when many people use a word in the same way over a long enough period of time, that word becomes eligible for inclusion. So some of these words may have been around for a while, but have only been added to the dictionary recently. Let's see. Let's go through the simpler ones. First one is janky. J-A-N-K-Y. Of very poor quality or not functioning properly. In a sentence, that would be, I need to replace my janky computer. Next is sus. S-U-S, suspicious, suspect. Your behavior is a little sus today. What are you up to? I can see more shortened words like this getting more and more popular in the future. I personally like to say, oh, that's delish instead of delicious. Or I'm so jelly instead of jealous. Women, in general, I think, like to shorten words. Next is cringe. (laughs) So embarrassing. Awkward. This one, I believe, was a word before. They must have just added another meaning. That's so cringe. Or, what a cringe moment. Next, we have side hustle. Work performed for income supplementary to one's primary job. It would be nice to eventually turn my hobby into a side hustle. Next, we have plant-based, made or derived from plants. Also, consisting primarily or entirely of food derived from plants. In a sentence... I like to eat meat, therefore I am not on a plant-based diet. There's even an abbreviation that made it onto the list, I-C-Y-M-I, in case you missed it. We see this online a lot when trying to catch someone up on the news. In case you missed it, I-C-Y-M-I, here's a link to the results of the election. I have a feeling we'll be communicating with only such abbreviations in the near future. There are so many nowadays, it's hard to keep track of them. You know, I'm here to help you keep track of what's new, what's old, and what's happening in the English language. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about a certain topic within English, don't hesitate to write me an email at viola at naturalneangielski.com. I'd love to hear from you. That's all for today. Until next time. Bye.